There's something so indescribably sexy about you standing in the middle of a crowd. Uh, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it will me, I'm happy to say. Mornings are about to get nasty. It's the Mizzy Bender Show. Good morning, everybody. You're watching Mornings with Mizzy or you're listening to us on the Mizzy Bender Show. And I say us because I have a very special guest, Lorenzo, with us today. You might have seen him participate in the Mornings with Mizzy Live and through social media. Um, he's a huge supporter of mine, and I'm so appreciative that he has joined the show. So, Lorenzo, please welcome yourself to the show. Hello, people, and how are you today, Mizzy? You know, I'm doing really good. Uh, I have to be honest and tell the whole world how I fucked up our original recording. So Lorenzo and I did this months ago where he was going to be the first guest on what this, you know, dual show was going to be of mine, having participants and things like that. I tried it on Zoom and I don't know, I made a huge boo-boo and I lost the show. So the mini series with Miss Lady started and that was like kind of my practice on how, you know, I should do this and all these different things. So I'm really excited that you didn't get upset with me <laughs> and that you're willing to come back and record with me again so we could actually launch this properly. <laughs> Yeah, that gives us a time to get back together anyway, so yeah. it's a good excuse. <laughs> and we're going to be seeing each other again soon because we'll both be at Exotica. I mean, you're going to be there for super business purposes. I'm just going to be, you know, touring. So if you want to share some of that and your journey, like what you've been up to for the past couple of months. Yeah, we've been uh, doing myself, you know, and my partner, Casey Carter, been doing the uh, past Exoticas, Chicago, Miami. And we are planning for the one in October in Edison, New Jersey. Oh it's going to be nice. You also went to the 420 Expo. Oh, yeah. The 420, <laughs> which which was perfect for you. You would have loved it. Uh, 420, uh, people had the opportunity to smoke outside. You had the uh, food vendors, the vendors inside. It was, it was very live, very nice. Yeah. Uh, everyone had a good time. And uh, so next year, it's going to be double that. I can't wait, you know. Well, I mean, truthfully, I need to be transparent here on this subject, too. I don't really hardly smoke anymore. Since I've gotten COVID, I don't know what happens. Probably, I mean, it, like, mess with me hardcore. I legit will pack my bong, and it will last me, like, three days, which is ridiculous. I used to wake up in the morning. I used to wake up in the middle of the night and smoke. <laughs> now, I'm, I don't hardly People are like, oh, don't worry, you'll get back to it. And I'm like, well, is that one of the things that you really want to get back to? Or just should I maintain where I am and, you know, smoke lightly? I don't really know. But huge difference. I'll tell you what. That's, that's something. Yeah. How is a narc dog doing about that? Well, he's been struggling because I don't smoke with him anymore. So every now and then when Spencer lights his blinds, like he'll smoke with him. But that's very rare, too, because Spencer will smoke on his way home from work or like right Spencer has his routine, so he knows his timing. Like, when he gets off at a certain exit at, like, when he's close to home, he'll, you know, smoke. So it's very rare that he's even smoking really in the house either. So it's changed so much, which is, yeah, very strange. It's probably good okay. for an arc dog because he's a little chunker right now. I have him on a green bean diet because <laughs> he's too big. 
a, a, C, a CBD green bean diet. Yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> Little chunker. My God, I can't. Yeah. So I do also, I want to share with everybody kind of some of our history also on where things kind of started with us to kind of like migrate into sharing more about you. So I officially really met you on Lexi Silver's year mm. anniversary of her book reading, Mating Season. And you were doing one of the reads and I learned about your voiceover work and all of that kind of stuff and very sexy uh voiceover work you do the voice I mean you guys can all sh I'm sure hear it in the tonality right now but so that was where it kind of all started and then when Exotica came around we had the opportunity to do a formal actual you know meet and ever since then you have been one of my greatest supporters and mentors and have helped me through some pretty difficult moments within a you know, my business side of things, you know, you watch from afar, you're very close, you might not always engage, but you're always watching. Yeah, and, um, always watching. Yeah, it's, you know, and it was so I think I even said it the last time we were recording how, you know, in the moments when I need it the most, somehow you would end up sending a message, not even knowing what was going on. And I was like, you know what, this motherfucker knows exactly what's up today, you know, and it was just moments where I really needed you know, somebody to just like listen or guide me, you were always there. And it's just been a really just beautiful relationship. I feel like that's been evolving and establishing. And I really trust you, you know, most importantly. And that's not many people I could say that for, you know, in the industry yeah. and lovely, you know. Yeah. I understand that, you know, um, like I have sisters and, you know, I've, the, being the oldest, I've always had to look out. But I see that in you. You know, that drive and you, you know, the determination. I'm not just going to waste my time, you know, just on anyone. Thank you. But you've got, you know, that and I'm I'm here to support and I got your back no matter what. There's some people that have it, some people that say they have it, but you know, I got your back no matter 100%. what. You know? Yeah. And I would be foolish if I didn't, you know, share with everybody that you were nominated for what is it like best influencer is that what yeah, you social mean? social media influencer yeah, yeah for the asn awards i always mess up what the categories are but the influencer mm. was the exact right word for you because you know i know several several other ladies in the industry feel the same exact way and uh put you up for some nominations and you were probably a little bit taken back or humbled and like what the heck is going on here i think but i'm really happy that you were put in there because you really do like you really deserve that so much and it's just such an honor to even just know that I was one of the you know humans that you were supporting and you know part of that journey so it's been really great to see the evolution yeah. you know you through our time together <laughs> and things that are happening how did that make you feel overall anyways about the nomination yeah yeah, I was told that someone had nominated me for that. I, you know, I had never even thought of myself of that. And I said, well, wait a minute. And they said, yeah, well, look what you do. You know, I said, okay, yeah, I guess I am an influencer. But it's different when someone else tells you, mm -hmm. you know, like that. So it's like, yeah, this is, this, is what, but this is what I enjoy doing. Right. And it does influence because there are people that will back my play on somebody else. Mm -hmm. And people that will back my play if I don't back somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so, yeah. and that's how when I saw, you know, your business, when I told you, I nominated you for the award for, you know, Mizzy's Boutique. Mm -hmm. And there was no reason you shouldn't have been in it and no reason you shouldn't win it. You know, we and we will see November 6th. 
I cannot. I know. I can't even wait. I, you know, I mean, it's humbling to be able, you know, to be in the categories to begin with. If I win, oh my god, that would be Mm -hmm. like forget about it. It's just, it's just totally different. And again, to be in, in, not. I know that we're in different categories, but when I look at the individuals that have been nominated, the organizations that are included within the ASN awards. I feel very honored to be there because you all are so established and have such wonderful reputations. And, you know, just watching some of it through the industry, it just is remarkable. So I'm super happy to be there with you. And, yeah, and you, you deserve to... it. Like I said, own it. Yeah. You, know, you deserve it. And it's worldwide. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, worldwide. Yeah. You did correct so. me on that one time. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you know. What gives you your passion, though, for being in the lifestyle? Because, I mean, you're more on the, I feel like you're more on the BDSM side. I think you're real hardcore. You're soft on the outside, but I think there's a fucking demon in there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's, from from the beginning, of course, you know, I was trained and, I guess, introduced into this the world of BDSM. And this is, we're talking back in 79 mm. that I was first brought into it. Uh, from my father getting me into places that I really shouldn't have been in. I got to meet people and uh, started getting uh, tutored and mentored and trained in that lifestyle. Mm. So that's over 40 years of training. What was a- the mentoring like or the training like? What what was some of it? Uh, different generations compared to now, because everything you can Google and become a master, you yeah. know, and that that's ridiculous. But... Back then, you you learned from uh, events. You were cleaning after people in events. Mm-hmm. You learned from the bottom all the way up. And then you learned the mental aspect. There's so much more mental mm-hmm. and then physical. You know, and you have to learn how to master your own self before you can project that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So we went through a lot of that mind. You learned the, uh, the body. You know, people like to go choking people all the time, mm-hmm. but they don't learn the structure of a, a neck. Right, right. Not everyone has choked someone where they became unconscious and brought them back. See, oh. I, I've choked someone out and brought them back. Mm. So you can act like you know things, but not everyone has trained. Not everyone has trained in knife play, but I've trained in knife play where someone likes to be cut. Right. You know, so the things that people talk about, but not everybody's really like that. So my training was very intense. I was involved in a lot, a lot of uh, sitting down, shutting up and learning, mm. you know. So how long would you say that you like observed and trained for before you really wanted to go out and implement or act on, you know, these learnings? I was, I did at least a good five years before I got into a point where I could control mentally, physically, inspire or, or for for another individual. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy taking, you know, and say controlling someone or providing certain services for somebody like that. You're taking on a whole life mm-hmm. and it's not a game. Yeah. Um, someone has devoted themselves to you and it comes with a lot of responsibility that people are not. So it was about five years before I even got to that point. And probably another five until you start mastering mm-hmm. your crafts in that from the mental aspect until the physical mm-hmm. and, and doing things, you know, then, then, then you become a part of a different society that doesn't advertise. 
Oh, it's like underground. Yes. Mm -hmm. And back in those days, you didn't have, you know, social media. Mm -hmm. So you had to know someone. You had the back pages of uh, papers, word of mouth, secret knocks, gatekeepers to get into certain places. It wasn't like it is today. Yeah. So, okay. So you said that your dad kind of introduced you to some of these things or got you into areas that maybe you shouldn't be. Number one, was it weird or uncomfortable that your dad was the one that kind of, you know, showed you the ropes per se into this area? And, uh, you know, how did that impact your relationship going forward with him? My father was deep into the criminal element. So I learned a lot of that side Mm -hmm. and wind up hanging around with, you know, people in that nature. Mm-hmm. So that led you to areas where, the like, say, 42nd Street, Manhattan. That was a common place for me as a kid with him. Mm-hmm. That leads you to the underground sex shows that no one knows about, you know, on the street level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the porno industry, the narcotics industry. Mm-hmm. And then the lifestyle industry, which, which wasn't really publicized, but it was around. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get like that. And we just had that kind of relationship. Uh, that I would have never known without, you know, his introduction, because you don't just get into places like yeah. that. Yeah. So did he introduce you and kind of just let you go off on your own? Or did you guys actually, you know, go together and he kind of, you know, protected, watched over you, you know? I was a quick learner mm-hmm. and I, I knew how to handle myself around people. I didn't act like a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he had trained me in shooting and things so i'm six years old in manhattan with a gun i was his backup oh i'm the one that was supposed to shoot because no one would pat me down were you nervous about that i was always trained in weapons and all that he trained me with that tools yeah so i guess you don't know any different it is just what it is no no i didn't know i didn't know any difference we you know we did all that in harlem he worked for an individual that is famous. I won't, you know, say that person's name, but he was a enforcer for that individual that's been on movies. And so I saw that crowd too, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, I got into places. At some point he did cut me loose and there were some other friends that took me under their wing. Mm-hmm. And I was young and up and coming um, in the African-American community that wasn't that many mm-hmm. doing that also publicly or you know in those formats so that that was a limited thing see I never think I never think diversity ever you know I always think one population you know forgetting that you know through time there has been some segregation and differences with that so it's interesting that you even present it that way Mm -hmm. yeah so getting under some people's wings and being brought along and I was in there and I always knew that there was something different that excited me or I just needed something a little bit more, you know, and then to see some things was unbelievable. Some of the things that I saw, but it didn't shock me, you know? So there was not one thing that you saw that was not shocking, like nothing shocked you. There wasn't anything. Um, it wasn't shocking, but it was different later on. There's different fetishes that are out there. Mm-hmm. And there are people that love to have parts of their bodies amputated. Oh, my God. So hardly anyone on this planet has witnessed something like that. But that is a whole different community that likes 
amputations that likes to be around people that have amputated body parts. So to be able to witness something like that is different. That's very different. I mean, different. it's probably going to go in a very wild different direction, but how does one even get to the point where they're going to say like, please amputate my arm? There are different networks of people that you would never know about that like certain things. Yeah. They don't advertise, you know, you, you're vetted, vetted, and vetted some more, you know, before you even get to even know someone that likes certain types of fetishes. Right. You'll, you'll never run into these, these people, but there are things going on that are unbelievable out there, you know, and this is what people like. Yeah. And I'm not knocking it. It's just every single time I hear something, it does shock me a little bit because I don't even think in that direction. And I do get a little bit stunned, mm. like, okay, all right, well, here's something new that we need to learn about. You know, <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's why I say you can never put anyone down for what they like. Yeah. And you can never get too cocky where you think you know it all because mm -hmm. you're learning every day yes. and somebody will approach you like, um, you know, I like to flog hard or this and that. It's like, you know, I've done gunplay with live weapons. So you are a wild man. Yeah, yeah, there's different levels of things that you don't Wait, think that. Can we stop on know. that for a second? What would it? What would a scene be with like a live with live rounds? Like, how does that? What does it look like? The composition of well, it's it's different things. Let's say that you like to be on the cross. I've seen your photos, so it. you awesome. love it. Yeah. So let's say you were on the cross, and there's a uh, sensory deprivation and some cold metal against your skin in different places, but this is a weapon. Yeah. Let's say that now you know that the weapon is loaded. Well, so that adds another suspense. Now let's say you hear the cocking of a weapon. Mm -hmm. So now you know that at any time that can happen. And now it's placed on different parts of your body. Oh boy. Where now you have to think about that. Yeah. Let's just say that it's inserted into your body oh, right. while it's mm -hmm. cocked. Now you know that you are a second away from what could happen. I'd be freaking the fuck out. That's definitely not my kind of play, but yeah. I could but someone else might be the at the exhilaration and the intensity yeah. of it all could keep brewing and heighten. I can, I could understand mm. the foundation and the fundamentals behind it. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Now, does that thrill you? You know, because as as you know, the dominant one and and the giver on that. You know, does that do something for you, or do you just like to be able to provide what? your the sub in that matter would want i am highly trained in certain things like that that bring me satisfaction by bringing somebody to a level that they could not even comprehend mm -hmm. they could ever imagine yeah and then when they get to that level taking them farther because now i'm controlling that emotion mm -hmm. i'm deciding how you're going to feel and how long, mm -hmm. when you're going to stop, if we're going to continue, you know. And then I like the, uh, let me say, um, severe impact play. Yeah. I'll put it like that, extreme, mm -hmm. uh, sensory deprivation, things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's an enjoyment on both sides, but it, it's more mental than anything. Oh, yeah, definitely. On all of that stuff. Like, so for those that are not in the BDSM world, and I mean, I have not experienced anything to that intensity, but I can understand the emotional mindset that's there, you know, because you do go into this separate mindset and you kind of just be 
for a moment and you just kind of release and you just let yourself go to whomever is in charge of you at that moment. And it's very freeing. I didn't realize how sexually arousing it could be at the same time, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't really do much. Well, Lady is the only one that I do, you know, things like that with. Spencer will kind of dabble in some kind of impact play and stuff like that, but not really. It's really just, you know, her and I. Um, and she's she's taken me to some places that I didn't even understand or or realize that could happen until being in it, you know? And so it's been a remarkable journey to learn, you know, some of it and to see and, and understand emotionally what what others would need in that kind of mindset or aftercare and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't imagine to the level that you're explaining though. You know, when you talk about impact play, is it like just do you use just your hands? You actually use different, you know, devices or floggers or implements? Yeah, there's um all types of mechanisms and tools. Uh, that can be used in, in impact, from, you know, very hard materials, blackjacks, slapjacks, poles, floggers, you know, paddles. Uh, it's like a leather wrapped around lead. Oh, you carried yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I was also in the law enforcement for many years and they're things that we carried in law enforcement. Uh-huh. So I had both things going on at the same time. So I was even trained in certain weaponry mm-hmm. that could be used also on the BDSM side. Oh, so you have some dual experience here. Yes. So, yeah, so that makes it, I okay, so when you could put your mindset into such a heavy place, you know, I mm-hmm. understand where it comes from because your background trains you to be able to have to deal with kind of any kind of circumstance, so. Yeah, after 35 years of law enforcement and what I've seen there, Mentally, I have to be able to handle almost, you know, everything that comes Yeah. from my mind and your mind, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes a lot. It's not a game, you know, right. I will say that. Now, with being in law enforcement, did any of your partners know that you were into this lifestyle? Uh, at the beginning, in the 80s, no. But what's funny is there was a few night spots that they would have uh, BDSM clubs, usually like a Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, they'd cover the windows at the door. No one knew what was going in. Mm-hmm. And we got a call one time to a place. I went there first by myself and everybody was so scared. You know, I'm there and I'm looking inside and I'm looking at people. I know what's going on. So I walked in and um, they just knew they were, everyone was going to get locked up for some reason, you know, because it was like that back then. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, this is interesting. Um, what's the dynamics in this room? So now they're looking at me like that. I said, okay. And I, I looked at a flogger on the wall. It's a nice flogger like that. I like that with the soft tail and all this like this. So now they're all shocked. And before I left, they had me on their membership list. You oh, know? my God. So I, <laughs> I became a member of that. But sometimes we would go on runs, you know, because back in the 80s, domestic violence laws weren't the same in effect. Mm-hmm. And you would have certain things where people got a call for somebody, say, screaming or something like that. And you get into the room and say someone had uh, handcuff marks on their wrist or, you know, marks on their back or something like that. And I asked the dynamic in the room and then the partner came and they had no clue what we were talking about Mm -hmm. because it wasn't an assault. Right. 
it was a vigorous interaction between two individuals, consenting adults. Right. But they automatically figured, oh, this person got assaulted by this person. And they had no clue what I was talking about with these individuals. And they were so glad that someone actually knows what's going on. Because yeah. in the 80s, no one talked about it. They were deviants, you know, and everything like that. It was frowned upon. That is so interesting. Oh my gosh. So at what point in time did, was there ever an evolution through your career then where not that this is more acceptable, but where it became more like mainstream that, you know, there was more awareness to situations such as that? Once social media kicked in, Hmm. things opened up and people now started seeing photographs of their per se dominatrix look. Okay. You know, now you're starting to see these ladies that look like what they say are a dominatrix. Even though your dress and your look determines nothing mm-hmm. on your, you know, the mindset. But now people started associating that look, that black leather look and things like that. So they expected to see that. Now you heard about, let's say, a sex place because people were doing stuff in their houses. But then there was a club that opened up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a sex club. And you started hearing words like swingers and things. That that wasn't even a terminology back then. Mm. So everything was a sex club, a sex club, but they have to be locked up because they're violating sex codes. Mm. You see? I mean, I should probably know this, but, you know, I know that there are laws and there's different, like, I know that, you know, we're not allowed to have, you know, alcohol. You can't have, like, buy alcohol where sex is and, like, different Mm -hmm. things like that and various different things through states and things, like, where was the evolution of, it's not a sex crime, but I guess the sex laws, like, when did it become where you're not getting locked up, per se? Or do you still get locked up? Well, what happened, like, certain states, underage was a, you know, the thing where there was alcohol involved. Sex in a place with, a, with an alcohol license, you couldn't get a license in those places. The sodomy law. It's still in effect in a lot of states. Mm. And that was a major issue, especially in the uh, gay community. Right. That was a major thing. So you had many violations. Then there were just morals clauses that certain townships had. They had their own laws. Mm. You know, in certain towns, you, you one woman was known as something. She was branded. Mm. And, you know, she was the deviant. Everyone stayed away from her. You mm. know, so as time went on, some of the laws kind of changed, but you still couldn't get an ABC license because they didn't want to say that the state is backing you. Right. You know, so it's little by little with social media now, it's changing, you know, but you still got to be careful. Like BDSM is still illegal in America, mm-hmm. everywhere you go. And people have to realize that what to say when the police do come or how do you, you know, say certain things, mm-hmm. you know. That's why you hear a lot every single time I talk about furniture or things such as that. They're not, you know, I try and use certain terminology is where, you know, some some question me on what the terminology is. And I'm like, well, we have to understand there are certain things that you're not allowed to say in certain areas. And, you know, mm-hmm. there are rules that are changed that fluctuate everywhere. Do you feel that, well, no, should I ask what time, what time period do you like better? Do you like the now better or do you wish that it was more you know, underground, like it was. I like back in the day when it was more authentic. Yeah. When you really took pride in your crafts, mm-hmm. when it was for real, you didn't have these... Uh, Harry thinks that they're a fucking expert flogger when they don't yeah, know what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. 
you know, where you can order yourself a Dami overnight, you know, or you can become a paid overnight sub where you don't really know what you're talking about. And then once certain movies came out, um, Fifty Shades of Garbage, once that came out, then everyone believed they knew certain things. Right. Yeah. And there's so much misinformation in that that a lot of people are out there playing games with people's lives and you're getting suicides and everything from that. Some people truly need this support. Right. And, you know, that's costing them their lives. Uh, yeah, I could definitely understand what you're saying. You know, like I was thinking back to what, you know, we were talking about earlier when you were saying, you know, you kind of five years in and then 10 years where you feel like you mastered and, you know, et cetera. A lot of times when I'm talking in the swing world, and, at, you know, people are asking me, you know, what they should do when they get into it. I highly recommend always just observe for six months, a year, watch what, you know, others are doing, see how the conversations are going, you know, don't just jump in and, you know, go and fuck somebody at the first gate, you know, because there's so many different things that you don't understand from an emotional standpoint, a physical standpoint, you know, Whatever it may be, there's just so much to understand before you actually make the movement that those that don't do it, you see so much backlash or so much negativity that ends up flowing from it. And now with like social media going crazy, I mean, the phenomenon that went on with swing talk, I think everybody in the world thinks that they're a swinger, but they don't actually, mm -hmm. you know, understand what's going on. And the presentation of it is, you know, a little bit wonky and, you know, then all this social media on Instagram, you know, you have everybody that thinks that there's like, you know, their OnlyFans accounts that that's all that we're driven by now. And to watch the sexuality that's out there in such a free way, on one hand, it's great because the liberation and the freedom and for you to express yourself on who, how, and however you want to be is fantastic. But at the same time, you know, I feel like we need to be a little bit more authentic and understand who we are as individuals and not just follow you know, the crowd and do it because they're doing it, you know, and I probably maybe along the way got a little bit lost and, you know, had to find my way through it too, especially during COVID when, you know, things shut down and, you know, business models change and like, what am I going to do and how do you stay relevant and all these different things that it's easy to kind of, you know, get sucked into this little tunnel, but it is mm -hmm. really important to um, understand that things take time and there's knowledge and, you know, education and, and different things that, you know, people need to really, really, really listen to and, and get a mentor over, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're going to get serious with that, you know, it's so funny with the swingers situation, the seventies and early eighties, they were basically, they weren't calling it that, but that, that was all it was, but it was mostly home parties, you know, yeah. orgies everywhere, dope everywhere and everything until AIDS hit. Oh, mm -hmm. and that's when a lot of things changed. AIDS and herpes came in after that. Mm -hmm. And that was a period where no one wanted to touch anybody. But it was the same as it is now, the swinger thing beforehand. You know, now it's just so social media dictates everything now. Yeah. It's funny because, like, we just, you know, before we do our dinner intro here, I was talking about how, you know, Facebook is constantly messing with me and my violations and stuff. And, how much I rely on social media for everything in mm -hmm. life. And, and it is like, we have a very social media driven world and there is so much false information and there is so much education and there's so many different things that's so tangible to us right now. But 
without taking the time to really observe it and be in it for a while and test and, you know, all these different things. I think that there's so much room for not error, but the negativity to swirl around the things that we do, you know, because those that don't understand the BDSM lifestyle or the swing lifestyle have these thoughts and notations that, well, it's either a yucky place or, you know, it's just violent or it's all these different things. And it's really not like that at all. It's actually very freeing and a very expressive place for everybody to express their individuality and be who they are. And so, you know, hearing some of your story is, is enlightening and it's just so interesting to hear the different perspectives, yeah. you know, the it, journey it, it, of it all. It's funny, you know, like, yeah, because I'll hear a lot of people, you know, in the BDSM communities now, and it's amazing what people have not experienced. But when you have, you don't really have to talk about it. More people that talk more about it are convincing themselves and others. I think so, that's true. Yes. You know, yeah, yes. You, you, don't, you don't have to talk. Just listen and learn. And to back up what you were saying about the uh, swinger thing, with social media, it's the now. I want it now. I can understand it now. And they get into the swinger thing and they realize you could be a swinger and never have sex with somebody else. Mm -hmm. But in their minds, I go there, I have to have sex. It's mm -hmm. a sex party, a sex party. And they, and they really have no knowledge. They just go by what they Googled and it's the end of the story. And I know you, you see it at your events all the time. Oh, definitely. You know, sometimes I'm classified as not being a swinger and I question myself, well, am I or am I not? Well, you know what? I'm very choiceful on the actions and the individuals that I choose to participate in any kind of act with. You know, I'm not one of those that, you know, just goes to the club on the weekends and does their thing, which is totally fine. But for me, it's more about a connectivity and, and things like that, which is why I kind of feel like maybe I do borderline or more of the poly side because it does take me such a long time for me to open up and say, like, I'm going to get into this kind of sexual situation with you. But that's also because of my boundaries and different experiences that I've had and, you know, just who I am as an individual that I'm completely guarded. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, I try to, I try and explain to everybody that, you know, even if you go to a swinger party, you can just be there because you feel like you want to be sexual in your own self, you know, expressing yourself because yeah. you want to feel sexy or you know be open-minded to whatever it may be maybe you just like to watch or you know who whatever it may be so i think the word swinger definitely has become very loose oh, and, yeah, very you much. know and that's why i always say like definitely observe and check things out first before you really start to identify yourself in any kind of way i mean truthfully speaking i don't really like any labels because I feel like mm -hmm. it's a very confusing thing to begin with because you feel like you need to be in a particular box and you feel like you need to then act out in the way that those individuals, you know, act in that box. But maybe that's not who you are. So then you become conflicted as an individual. And then that's when the negativity and the weirdness comes yeah. up, you know. Very true. Very yeah. true. It's been a really, it's been a long journey and a learning for me too, because I mean, I never thought in a million years I would be, you know, in this lifestyle, you know, it just happened to be a, a strange thing that I came across with my new partner and was so naive to any of it at all, you know, the possibilities that were out there. And even to this day, I'm learning so much, you know, such as new kinks and, you know, different likes and who I am sexually or 
what I need to thrive in this life to feel fulfilled. You know, that's what my swinging journey really has been about, about being free and finding my individuality and being able to express myself sexually without feeling regretful or feeling like I'm going to be judged because I don't give a fuck at this point in time, you know? So that's why I don't really like to even class my, classify myself in a swinger, I kind of put myself alternative lifestyle because I kind of like everything. And I don't really know what the proper terminologies are anymore because it is all over the place. You're, you're just you. And uh, as I will say, I do what I want to at that time. I'm not going to be labeled because you're putting me in some box that you determine. Right. So I can do whatever I want whenever I want like that. Right. But a question for you, Mizzy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how was it in your mind the day that you realized that your viewpoint and all had a, uh, say, a foundation in directing people that, you know, interact with you, that you, you're you the one that they're looking for for guidance? You know, it was the weirdest phenomenon in the world. Um, you know, it really all happened during COVID, the start of it. It was... You know, the world needed somewhere to go. And for some odd reason, I thought that, you know, I'm going to be the one to save everybody. You know, I just, it was, I have a really hard time knowing people are experiencing sadness or whatever these emotions are that I potentially, you know, felt at my own point in time for whatever reason. And I have the tendency to, you know, go far out of the way to ensure people don't have those emotions and feelings because nobody should have Nobody should live certain ways. And so that was like kind of my beginning part of it, where you want to be able to support other individuals and you want to make sure that they don't they know that they're not alone. And through that, it was therapeutic for me because I was able to share my journey, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because truthfully, the only reason why I am so strong and feel the way that I do within the lifestyle is because of all the negativity and because of all of the disgusting things that transpired when I was brought into the lifestyle. I couldn't comprehend how there was such herd mentality around, you know, the politics that swirl between groups and business owners and individuals and to watch so many, you know, come at me and not even know who I was. It was just such a thing that I, I couldn't even understand. So when I had the opportunity during COVID to support others and be there for them to ensure, although the feelings were not the same, it gave me the outlet to share why I'm here and why I'm confused in the swingers world and why I don't know, you know, what it is that I'm looking for in this particular lifestyle. Yeah, I was brought into it because my partner wanted me to be part of it and I was exploring with him because I really valued him as an individual and I felt like you know what this is my moment to actually be free after you know my marriage being so difficult and so you can't do this and you can't wear that and this makes you a whore and you can't wear a thong and fuck tank tops you know it was like you know all these different things so to be in a situation where I was able to, you know what, if I want to walk around my house naked or out to my mailbox, my partner doesn't care. And not that he doesn't care about me. It's just, he has just a very loose mindset and is very open-minded on so many different ways. So between, you know, 
the onsite, the onboarding, I call it, of the lifestyle and my marriage, I had all of these hardcore views that maybe weren't in the most positive way, but I made them a positive because they that's what made me my strength. And when you listen to so many individuals in the lifestyle now, you hear their struggles, you hear all of these insecurities that, you know, fall from them and they're confused by so many different things. So it was easy for me to share what I've experienced and what I've gone through. So it helped me kind of put some stuff in the past and it helped me kind of grow from those things. But it also made me feel so empowered that, you know what, my difficult circumstances really is and really is an impactful thing for somebody else. And once, once I realized, you know, I think I need to keep realizing every single day because I don't think that I quite absorb it all the time, knowing that it is helpful to other individuals is the most heartwarming and Yeah, you you you're a presence and, and even more than you ever know, you know. It's been something that it's just it's been a very weird journey, you know. And mm. to have, you know, somebody like you that always was backing it regardless and having those strong words in the moments of, you know, these things, mm. you know, it's so interesting. I did the podcast with my mom. And I did a podcast with my mom because well, her and I have a very difficult relationship. And although it's better, you know, there are so many different things initially that she didn't approve of. And, you know, it's everything that everybody is worried about with their families and stuff like that. Mine just happened to be much more difficult because her and I have a very difficult relationship. And I was always pretty much estranged from, estranged from her and, you know, dismissed from the family a lot and stuff like that. So, you know, over time, her and I have been like really trying to establish what our relationship is. And there became a point in time, maybe like last year, where, you know, she really started to support what I was doing and saw that it's not just sex based and that what I'm doing is really trying to empower people. Yeah, be your best sexual self, but it's more about being your best individual self on whatever that means to you. You know, you get to wake up every day and you get to choose who you want to be. And nobody else has the right to take that away from you. And nobody gets to dictate what that looks like to you. You know, so my messaging is more about, you know, being your true self and, and that. And it was important to bring her on so we can have an honest conversation and I can share with her what my journey was and, you know, why I'm doing this. And at one point in time, you know, she said to me, she's like, I don't think that you ever think you're going to be good enough. And that sticks with me all the time because I am, I always question myself and I always say, is it enough? Am I doing good enough? Is it, you know, and so there's so much like inner conflict, even though I sit here and, you know, try and promote such powerful, you know, a powerful movement and individuality and stuff. I struggle with it all the time. And so you know, when you have somebody like yourself that comes on and say, how's it feel? Well, gee, I don't know, because I struggle with it every day, <laughs> you know, and it clearly gets me emotional because for a second, it does. It gives me a moment to say, good girl, you are doing this and you are being successful. And so it's been weird and interesting and great and crazy. Yeah, that's, that's why you had that resistance with the ASN uh, award there. It, it, yeah. Uh, that was... Uh your thing and I was pushing it and I wasn't yeah. going to stop till you got nominated, you know? And yeah. so I, I hit that vote thing a lot. <laughs> you were getting, you were getting nominated. Um, just, so, yeah. you know, and that's it, but I see that in you, you know, and um, some days it's tough 
and that's that's true but you got it yeah. you know and everyone sees it it's been great you know the most powerful moments I think that really make my heart warm is, I mean, the morning show really is based upon community submitted questions. And mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many emails a day I get. Every single time one comes through, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I made a difference in this one person's life. Or, you know, somebody reaches out to me and wants me to do a subject and I do the subject and they send me a follow-up email saying like, that was the best. That was the best. Thank you so much for sharing all of that and your vulnerability and these different things. You know, because sometimes I feel like I have the tendency to just spew and have no filter and probably should not share as much as I share, but I don't know how else to do it. You know, like, I don't know. I'd rather be my most honest, raw self than hide or shield or try and, you know, lie or, you know, not share the full truth. Because at the end of the day, we are all human and we all do experience some really wonderful things and some terrible things and some really great things in between. And, you know, for me, it's the connectivity. It's to make sure that, you know, others realize that they're not alone. So really what those community members are doing to me is making me remember that I'm not alone either. So what I think that, it, what they think that I'm doing for them, they're actually doing for me, you know. And, and see, you come off too authentic. They see that you're just like everybody else. You know, what they see is what they get. Mm -hmm. And that's why they trust in what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's been remarkable. It's been, gosh, it's just crazy. You know, like some, you know, but it didn't surprise me. Remember this year earlier, I said, make, make it you. Yeah. You're it. You're the star. Make it you. Yeah. And look what, look what you have done. It's true. You, you know, know we, did, we had a very tough conversation, maybe like February, March, where you can see I was a little bit confused on my direction. And, and you mm -hmm. know, it wasn't about confused on my direction. I knew what my direction was. It was a matter of how do I do it, you know, because between having the podcast and the morning show, the boutique and the events, it was very confusing for me to understand how I was supposed to run all of the businesses. Number one, you know, the podcast and the morning show were always two separate entities. So, you know, very different content. And it was driving me crazy. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't think of all these different things and then try and, you know, manage my social media and stuff. Like, I don't think that a lot of people understand that, you know, marketing and kind of promoting and stuff like that is a very different territory than creating. And my brain is in very different places. Sometimes I'm in a very creative mode and, you know, want to tackle and, and get as much content created as I possibly can because that's where my mindset is at. When I'm in that mindset, it's very difficult for me to jump over and be like, okay, now I got to concentrate on my social media and make sure I'm marketing it and making sure I'm promoting it and I'm doing all these different things. It's very conflicting for me, you know? So when you had said, no, drive everything through you, do everything through you, I was like, oh, well, that seems like a no-brainer. You know, it's going to work. Like, can I do it this way? And then I really started to understand the foundation of how the morning sh show should go. And, you know, truthfully, it was after being a guest and having you you guys having me on the Casey Carter show and seeing how you guys operate the show and taking some notes on, you know, the operations part of it that kind of gave me a moment, you know, to kind of take a, take a step back and, and think about how it should be done. And then with your strong words of, no, 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 you're all over the place. That pretty much was the conversation. You're, you're all over the place. Of course, this is confusing for you. Of course, this doesn't make sense for you. 
And the clarity really did come so much after that conversation that we had, because I was like, oh, well, you know what? If I focus on the morning show, everything is driven through the morning show. All of my promotion, all everything I need to talk about, you know, being able to do product placement or sponsorships or whatever it may be. And then learning how to like separate out the audio from, you know, the morning show and being able to edit it, to put it up on the podcast. Like there was so many revelations that happened after that conversation that legit has made, made my life so much easier. And I feel so much more like, like I have my passion, you know what I mean? Because I'm not so jumbled up in my brain trying to figure out how it all works. No, this is, and it's flourished, as you can see. Mm. Your following is, is incredible right now. Yeah, I feel, you know, to have the support from behind you has been, I mean, we've talked about it a, a bunch of times, but it really is one of those things where, like, at the end of the day, I know if I'm struggling or if I need a piece of advice or if I need just direction in some sort of way, like, you'll be there, you know, just, no, 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 just do it this way and authentic in the most honest way without feeling like you're trying to take something from me or sabotage me or be ill-intentioned you know what I mean like it's yeah you don't find many people like you yeah and I'm not gonna come at you like soft like you're just a you know helpless damsel out there mm -hmm. you know I gotta come to you straight because I know you can handle it yeah you know yeah. And, you, and, and you know I'm not gonna give you that pity pity when that's not what you need right then mm -hmm. you know yeah and I have true confidence you can do it I know you can mm -hmm. you know and you've shown that you can do it yeah you know and it's getting done it's just you know? so what, what what do you have what do you have planned you know because i know we're both doing things now what's what's the future for mizzy bender you know honestly i think that my future really is hunkering down on the morning show morning show slash podcast you know really just driving behind that because I have found that it is a really good resource and tool. I had just recently gone to an event, um, went to fusion parties up in New Hampshire. They've been a really great collaborator of ours and they have such a great community of which a lot of them are newer to the lifestyle. And um, going to their events, it was maybe two weekends ago now, I was not fully ready to be back in the scene yet. I mean, I know I keep saying it, but when I got COVID, yeah, I was only sick with COVID for a week where I was really down for the count. The aftermath of it, though, was really challenging. The brain mm -hmm. fog and the, these weird episodes that I was having, like, it was just a really uncomfortable place to be. And just body-wise, I just didn't feel strong. And I just didn't feel completely healthy just yet. I was still struggling having my meals. Like, I was still struggling. So I was very worried to travel, number one, because I was like, oh my God, you know, when we travel, it's nonstop. You know, am I going to be able to rest? Am I going to overexhaust myself that I'm going to be in a position where, you know, I don't get better? You know, there was just a lot of things swirling through my mind. And by the time we had gotten to the event on Saturday, it was very overwhelming for me. You know, I was not in the proper mindset. It was, uh -huh. it was, it was tough. And what ended up helping me get through it was I can't even tell you how many individuals came up to me and thanked me for the morning show and gave me feedback on the morning show and had these beautiful, honest conversations with me that really helped me get through the night. Because I was like, you know what? This is why I'm doing it. This is mm -hmm. what I'm here for, you know? And so to hear moments like that 
I said, I got to keep going with this. And if the boutique is going to be successful or if my men parties is going to be successful, well, it's going to be successful because they're hearing it from my words here and they want to follow me because of what's talked about here, which I think really goes back to that conversation that we had earlier on this year mm -hmm. also, because you said that you were like, but if you're here, it will all follow because this is where you're at. And mm -hmm. so, you know, focusing on hard topics that nobody wants to talk about are is really my main driver, you know, because I feel like there's a lot of naiveness and there's a lot of uneducated thoughts, you know, and uneducated, uneducated thoughts could just be that you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know until it's time to know it, right? So mm -hmm. I try and think outside the box, like what were all my challenges? What were all the things that I wish somebody shared with me prior to getting into the lifestyle fully? What should you brace yourself for? What should you think about? How should you handle it? You know, so it's things like that. So really focusing on this, what we're doing right now, you know, and trying to just show the world exactly who I am without having to do anything different, you know? An example, yeah. like, I thought that, you know, I don't really watch or listen to anybody's podcast really because I still want to just be an individual and I want to make sure that I'm not following, you know, what other people do. I want to make sure I keep doing it this way. But I also know that, you know, others have specific podcast stations and they're set up and, you know, this whole, you know, evolved involved thing. And I'm like, I tried it. It didn't feel right. You know, it mm. feels right. Me sitting in my bed with mornings with Mizzy, just talking in my pajamas, because you know what, that's what all you other motherfuckers are doing right now. You're all just getting up, drinking your coffee, trying to get your kids off to school. Nobody's dressed to the nines with fucking makeup and lipstick and, you know, out. What, this, sound, this felt so not right, you know? So going through like some of these and going back to basics of like, you know what? No, this is what feels good for me. And I want you guys to all just be in this living room or my bed with me and feel like this is, you know, what we should be doing right now. And it's working as you, as you can see, yeah. it, it is definitely working. Yeah. Uh, I like that. <laughs> Where do you foresee yourself going? Ooh, well, this coming up shortly, I've been working on things, you know, I do the voice stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people have me working on their podcasts, websites, uh, narratives. And uh, eventually I will be doing night talk where you can call into a male. You know, females have the same right to call in like males have the right to call in. And you just might want to be affirmations of the day or just talk. Mm -hmm. But it's it's only fair that, you know, females can call in also. Yeah. So we're going to be doing more more where, of that where would like someone find information on that uh every site like uh night flirt or talk to me or you know a website or something like that if women have you the right you know they have themselves set up for you to call i would be in the same format where you can have you know call into a male hmm. you know so um there's a lot of people just want to talk sometimes or they want to hear something or they might Want me to read them a story? You never know. You yeah, know, right? I got I got teased for from my boys from elementary school, so you don't have to make it work for me. Oh know? my gosh! So, <laughs> what's the timeline on launching this? When do you think that will be out? Uh, everything's in the works now. You know, I'm I'm not rushing. One thing is, I don't rush. I lay the foundation. As you see now and then, I'll have an audio tweet, mm -hmm. and 
that instills that in people's minds where little by little they get used to hearing something, they get used to hearing something. And it's all timed so that you get a craving for certain things. Right. And then when the craving hits a certain point, you make that available to where they have to absorb it over right. and over and over like that. So you don't you don't rush into anything. I take my time with it. Yeah, well, that makes sense because you want to make sure that you do it right and mm. you know, perfect right out of the gate and not have to, like, go back and tweak anything. I'm yeah, sure I don't want to do there, it there's always a learning with that, but, you know, you don't want to do something mm. secure, you know. Yeah, and I want to do it my way. There, there's males out there that do certainly, but I have to do it my way like like you're doing. Yeah. And if yeah. it means I have to wait longer, I'll wait. You know, right. I'm patient. Yeah. I'm patient, but, you know. Oh, my God. It's coming. It's exciting. You know, it's always great when you can come up with a new project and feel super passionate about it and, you know, like really work on it until it's, you know, your perfect little baby, because that's really what these projects become, you know? Yeah, I have to do a reading of something so that you can hear it and get excited like you did on the Alexi show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> okay, so can I share something with you? Um, last year, Lexi and I recorded a podcast. And it never aired yet. I don't, you know, our timing just got all wonky and I don't really know. I'm probably making up a million excuses, but I have no idea why it just never aired. Probably, no, I do know why. Because I, I really wanted to read the story in full, ex you know, the, the short blurb that we did on the show. Like, we'd only mm -hmm. read like a short little passage from each of the stories so I really wanted to read the entire story, which would then lead into, you know, her and I's podcast, because I'm like, oh, people hear her words and, you know, hear this sexy, brilliant mind, you know, and also know that it's associated with a brilliant boss, babe. You know, it's not just sexy words. Like, she's a very good businesswoman. I wanted to highlight both of them. I was so nervous to, like, read this story. So yesterday, I sat in my bed. And I read that story. It took me like fucking 50 cues of me doing it myself and, you know, whatever. But I did it. I read the story. And it's not perfect by any means. Like, <laughs> there, I had a few errors and whatever. But I'm like, I did the best that I could. But I really wanted to try and, like, highlight it. So I don't know how you do it so calmly and so collectively, like, perfectly. Yeah. I've done voiceover work maybe over 30 years now. Um, but it's always been in me, like you say, being teased and all that. I made it a point where I'm not going to talk a lot of nonsense and I'm going to talk at my own pace. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, then, you know, like that. And in law enforcement, no one ever said, hey, I didn't understand you, officer, or I didn't hear you. Mm -hmm. So um, it comes with practice and technique. I did something for Dating Kinky, uh, a workshop, Lear Love to Learn Anal. And there's like 24 uh, workshops that I did. So that's a lot of reading. And each one might be 10 minutes, mm -hmm. um, but I direct you single or in couples in anal play from fingers to toys and everything and direct you all the way through it. What a great lesson, because so many ask about yeah. it and have no idea. Oh, yeah. Insertable, freezing your lube, insertables beforehand, all kinds of your things. lube? Yeah, you can freeze it, stick it inside you and have it melt inside of you. Anally, it'd be perfect like that. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I need to understand <laughs> how this like works. So like, do you wrap it in like saran wrap or something? Are you putting the whole bottle in there? What are you doing? And you can you can freeze it like you do ice cubes and all, and uh, have a nice insertable and be perfect for you when the time is right. 
So this is just like a water-based lube that you're talking about, or yeah, some stuff could be water-based. There's so many types of lubes too, but yeah, yeah you can. You gotta. You I know you gotta try. That's not look at so this crazy. This blow my mind. Yeah, but yeah, I did instructions on that, and there's a male voice. We did one with a female voice, but a lot of reading like that, you know. But uh, yeah. And so, does it take you several takes, or can you just like read a passage and you're like, I nailed it? Uh, at some point, sometimes you have to, there was some that I read 15 minutes and I, I just read it, mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes you do mess up like that, but some shorter passages and things, I just have that knack for it because I've done it for so long. Yeah. You know, like, you know, people's commercials you hear, I mean, you know, Casey, like she said, she's got me all over the place mm -hmm. and I've done, I've done voice work for Lexi, you know, um, it may come a time on one of your shows, you know, you may just want that different. Different sound. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, uh, you know, once I anything. understand how to build my show out better and bigger, I'm definitely going to need some help. <laughs> I've yeah, been taking think, notes from yeah. you, but. Uh, a friend of mine, let's see, Rita Daniels. I'm going to do one of her website intros. So that's going to be popping up there too. But there's a lot of people who I've done, you know, voice work for, even in regular commercials that yeah. have been on the radio and TV. It's I've so done stuff all over the place. They're so well-rounded in so many different things. And it's just, you know, it always shocks me when I hear you're just like so dominant with all these like intense things. Mm -hmm. You're so soft on the outside, like legit. Like I just see you and I always want to just give you like a hug because, you know, I'm like, but you're so just lovely, you know? I couldn't even imagine what it would be like seeing you in your element and, you know, more of that like rigid kind of. On, on that other side. Yeah. The, uh... And, yeah. and still some uh, extreme impact on somebody. Yes. Like I, <laughs> right. I wonder how I would handle it because, you know, like, listen, I like impact, but not so I like impact, but I don't like impact to the point where it's going to leave a mark on me. Lady and I have gotten to that point and I didn't realize that we had gotten to that level. I didn't, I didn't mind it, but it's not my preference. Right. So, you know, for me to watch some of those things is, is intense for me let alone somebody that is you know so much closer to me and watching them change from you know this personality into this personality i i think i would be shocked maybe yeah it, it does surprise some but there's some people that are looking for that they're looking for the marks and all that but what gets them sometimes is to have all that and then with the maybe blindfold or so sensory it's not there and to have say my voice deep in their ear while things are going on, mm -hmm. you know? So to hear like a rumbling in your body while my hands are around your neck. Right. You know, while you can't see or taking certain senses away. Once you right. can take two senses away, you know, you automatically go into that die mode. Mm -hmm. So now you got, you know, this it's, it's a lot I out I there. don't like being blindfolded. I don't like when my eyes are covered. Mm -hmm. See, that's thing. one of the senses that just affects you like that. Yeah, it's not my thing. It's not mm -hmm. my thing at all. And truthfully speaking, I don't really like my hands tied up for like a long period of time. I don't like that either. But mm -hmm. I think that that's probably, you know, trust issues and different things like that, that, you know, I have to be a little bit more mm, not open-minded. It's not open-minded, but I think that I need to just be a little bit Maybe it is open-minded with myself, you know? Yeah, I, I know what would get you. I could picture this if I was standing right in front of you, right in front of you, and grabbed your hands, held them out, held them up, so now you can't move. 
Mm-hmm. And I had Spencer run his fingers up the back of your legs to your cheeks. I know you oh. like that. Yeah, that's going <laughs> drive me wild. Yeah, that's I the <laughs> Yeah, I could take any of that. Like, I could be choked. I could be smacked around. I, I like some degradation. I'm not going to lie. Like, I do like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I, I would be okay in a lot of different areas. You know, sometimes he pushes my limits with some things, and I learn some new stuff every day. That's the thing. I'm not opposed to trying new things, you know? So I'm not opposed to taking my limits to certain places. Like, lady. Lady loves, like, knife play. So I told her I would explore, you know, some different things. I don't ever want to be cut. That's for sure. So, like, I would have to ease into different, you know, objects that feel like it's a real knife before we get to, you know, like, that point. But... You know, there are things that I'm willing and open to trying based upon who my partners are. You know, if I trust you enough, I trust the communication and the bond between us that, you know, you're going to do what's right by me. Probably one of the reasons why I don't play with many people because, you know, anybody could get bent over the bed and be fucked. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, I'm looking for a little bit more down and dirty and, you know, fun. If we're bringing somebody else into the picture here, they better be bringing something else to the table that's going to make this like explosive, you know? And that's true. true. Right. So, you know, for me, it comes down to trust in so many different ways. And since I have trust issues, I have issues finding play partners. (laughs) And and that's, and that's fine, you know, and you're not different than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people only have one person that they trust like that. And that, that takes a lot. Yeah. And then, and then when you do go to another level, you have to trust that that person can handle that other level. Right. You know, have you seen them do that other level? What's their knowledge of that other level? Well, that's the other thing too, because going back to, you know, the knowledge part of things, you know, I see it all the time. You know, people come to shop in the boutique and they're buying the floggers and stuff and legit, like right out of the gate, they're wailing that ass with the floggers. And I'm like, there was no warm up. There was no you didn't do anything to prepare for this. Like you're just going straight at it. And sometimes it makes me concerned because I'm like, oh my God, you didn't even hit the bum. Like you hit this other place. Like, no, you know, like I watched some things and I'm not the one to be educating them because that's not what I do. You know, I just sell the implements, you know, but sometimes Spencer's like, whoa, 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 you know, like easy, easy, you know, or I'll be like, you should probably go talk to Miss Lady. Let her explain to you how, you you know, go into it and stuff. So I really do appreciate that, you know, she's with us a lot of times when we are, you know, vending with the boutique because I try and have others go to her to say, like, you can't just, you can't just, you know, right out of the gate. And there are certain places on the body that you can't hit or, you know, you got to do it in a certain way. And not many know that. And so that makes me nervous. I'm like, no, you can't touch me because no. Yeah. You, you know, on your, in your, you know, like you say, on your boutique, you almost need a, a, a body picture um, because I see it all the time they immediately hit the kidneys in the back mm-hmm. when they start playing around with it. They almost have to buy a flogger before they can touch somebody from your booth. You, you know, know what? That So that's a really great idea. I can find some mm-hmm. sort of thing online and put, you know, print a it out. frame up or something like that to show where the do's and don'ts. That is a, such a fantastic idea. Yeah, I because you, you can be held liable for someone injuring somebody practicing with one of your apparatus who didn't even buy it yet. That's still your apparatus. Right. Yeah. That's all you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that poster would be great because it shows, you know, the major impact, the slight impact and the definitely no impact. Where can I find something like that? You can, you can Google online. Okay. Impact. Impact. Play. They, they're posters all the time. Okay. And they show the, the front and the back. Yeah. 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 You know, 
oh my gosh, I'm totally going to look into this like immediately. That's such a great idea. Oh my God. I'm so happy about that. Mm -hmm. So we will, I don't know when this is going to air. I think like two, two weeks from now, because I have one that's coming up on Tuesday. So it would be the week after that. Um, so by that time, we probably already would have seen each other at Exotica because Exotica is the weekend before. So I do look forward to seeing you and being able to connect in person and everything. Um, is there you're, any? You're, you're a Saturday, Saturday, or maybe Friday. We don't know. Yet. Um. So I think, right, we don't know. It really depends on what time Spencer's going to get out of work on Friday, if he wants to drive out there or not. We also have friends. Oh, Holly and Jim are coming to town. So they're going to come with us to Exotica. So it really mm -hmm. depends on when they get to town also. So it could be that we head out early Saturday and, you know, get there for the, you know, early afternoon. But I think that we'll definitely stay to see like the after party and how that's going and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so we'll probably be around for a while and kind of just like touring around. I have some business things I need to, you know, do some hookups and stuff. So, you know, mm -hmm. between that and then actually being able to walk the show, I want to make sure we have enough time for everything. This is the biggest one. Uh, they've sold the most booths. They're all up to the walls now and this will be the biggest exotic of all time oh my god that's fantastic i mean i know the last like last year i think was still a little bit funky with everybody trying to get back in with covid and mm -hmm. stuff like that so it will be great yeah. to see it in full force yeah so you got you got our booth number if we're not there we're walking around but you'll find us oh i'll find you guys <laughs> yeah sure shit i'll find you that is no worries at all well if there's one thing that you would want the audience to kind of take away about you learn from you or just a, hey, keep this with you moment, what would it be? I will always say in life, never say, I wish. Just just do it. Because you, you will always regret that, that I wish I had. Yeah. And you never want to have that feeling in life. So just do it. Make people say no to you. Mm -hmm. And make them say no several times. I'm going to keep that with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to keep that with me. Well, it's always what. What, what, what will you tell people? Oh, just be who you are in the most honest way. And kindness is free. You know, that's it. You want to treat people how you want to be treated. So it's that. And be an individual. And, and, and do this for me. Put your hand up by your chin. By my chin? Yeah, your hand. What do you now, mean? I've never steered you wrong. So the people on here that are watching this that know somebody that's really legit into a hand model business, <laughs> these, these are model hands that you just do for the fun of it, but you need to market those hands. It's so funny that you keep saying that. I'm like, that's what right. Is now, I keep hands? telling you this, and I've never <laughs> steered you wrong. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look into it again because you started this like earlier in the year and I was like this is crazy I don't know what I'm doing with these little fingers of mine because they're all over the place all the time Yeah, but those are the hands that you see on commercials these are the hands on magazines mm. that you see holding something like a perfume or something like that there are hand models that make millions that's so crazy yeah, well so. maybe then in the future you'll see Mindy <laughs> Bender as a hand model who knows <laughs> it's always so great to chat with you because you do you open up my mind in so many different ways and it is a huge motivator and it warms my heart that you're such a great supporter at the same time and it is such an honor to just have you in my corner and i'm always forever thankful for that and i always will appreciate you for it i'm always glad to be here you know you can have me here anytime that you want yeah 
That's so fantastic. Well, maybe we will build a different kind of series and see what kind of education he can bring to us. Um, until next time, you guys. Well, is there a place where they can follow you for, you know? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Lorenzo4016. FedLife is Sir underscore Lorenzo. Okay. And um, Instagram, Lorenzo G2920. But mostly on Twitter is how you can follow me. You'll see me posting Mizzy Bender stuff on there. Yeah, he's a great sharer. (laughs) He's definitely a great sharer. And I'll make sure that I have all of his social media stuff within the body of the morning show and the podcast also. So you'll be able to have easy access to it. Uh, And if you have any questions and if you do want to hear anything further about Lorenzo or his journey or anything that we've shared, send me an email, mizzybender at outlook.com. We can definitely go back, have a follow-up conversation, anything that you guys are looking for. And be sure that you subscribe to mizzybender.com so you get the latest and greatest on the morning shows and podcasts that launch as well as events and things like that. So until next time, you guys, we'll talk to you super soon. Bye.